0: Hi, Happy Homeschoolers. Before the episode begins, we have a special announcement.
1: That's
2: right. We're announcing the launch of our brand new website.
1: Go to www.happyhomeschoolerpodcast.com. There you can listen to all of our episodes, access show notes, learn a little about everyone who works on our show, and more. Go to www.happyhomeschoolerpodcast.com and check it out today.
0: Now on with the show. Welcome to the Happy Homeschooler podcast, a digital support group for everyone interested in a learning lifestyle. I'm your host, Jennifer. I'm your co-host, Holly. And I'm your co-host, Melody. Today, we'll be interviewing our friend, Amanda Coates, all about world schooling. But before we get to that, how's everybody been since last time?
1: Holly? You know how sometimes you see these things on the internet and says, tell me you're something without telling me you're something? Uh Um, So for an example, you know, I'm going to tell you I'm a homeschooler without telling you I'm a homeschooler. Here's what I spent time doing before we got on the podcast. I got a roll of wrapping paper. I rolled it out on my kitchen floor so I could use the white side of it. And I had my son lie down on it and I traced the shape of his body. Mm -hmm. Then I taped it up in my hallway. So can you guess what we're going to be doing? You're doing um human body. Body
0: systems. <laughs> <Yeah>. That's right. <laughs> body That's right.
1: Systems. Yeah. So um yeah, we're gonna be I My job after we're done today is to print out all the bones of the body. Yeah. And we're going to put them on his drawn out body. So, yeah, that's that's what we're doing this morning. And we, you know, we just had the Halloween fun recently. So we had different parties and costumes. And before that, I had to find things. So he had a Miles Morales costume. But, you know, he wanted to be. He didn't want to just be Spider-Man. So I had to get him the shorts. I had to find those. I had to get the two jackets. I had to find those. Um, and then I borrowed a Spider-Gwen costume from my friend. Oh, my goodness. I you felt guys like look was... great. Oh, thank you. It's so really fun. weird to wear full-body spandex like that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was really weird, um, <laughs> but, you know, we had a lot of fun, and that's my goal, you know, that we have some costumes that we, we can enjoy, and we have a lot of fun together. So, you know, goal unlocked, and I, I won a cake at the cakewalk. It was the one I took, which was always the goal for me, <laughs> but, you know, then I know I can Stopped eat it. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, anyway... <laughs> Yeah, so that's what what I've been up to. So, Melody, what
2: about you? Well, I'm in full-on craft season over here because Christmas is coming. And so I'm currently – also, we have some birthdays between now and then. And so one of the littles would like a crocheted guinea pig, so that's what I'm doing. (laughs) It's it's been a lot of fun just finding out different things to do, but –
1: Are you creating your own pattern or was there a pattern available?
2: There are some patterns available and I don't have time to create my own because I have a bunch of other things. This is also my busy season where I help out as a virtual assistant doing some paperwork and design and bookkeeping for another company. So it's like I don't want to figure out as I go. I like doing that and I think it's fun, but I did find one. It's like, oh, that's cute. And, you know, a guinea pig is basically like a log with legs. And so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's a round, That's little an round an body and little, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs>
1: But
2: I thought that was a funny, funny thing to...
0: To request, but it'll be fun. These little people are so much fun. What have you been doing, Jennifer? Oh, well, we've been we've been home for a change and um, oh, that is we, a change. We've been just busy doing our co op classes and having so much fun with it. This week was crazy so our, we had our my high school co op class that I'm teaching and it's the one that's you know the zombie apocalypse theme all year. And this week uh, yeah, it, we did it yesterday on Halloween. So <laughs> the class was all Already a little wound up and crazy and then we had kids in costume which is great adding to that we had one of the students bring their three pet ferrets to class oh. <laughs> and- and, and the uh, weather changed. And it was, yeah, and we had a really in-depth microbiology class we were doing yesterday where we did like extracting our own DNA and things like that and making models. And the whole time we had these ferrets running all over the table while kids <laughs> were doing these things. And then after that, we headed over and did a corn maze together with the class. So we had just oh, a one full day of craziness, and it was so much fun. But I've really been enjoying that class recently. We've also had a Um, My family decided uh, last week that they were going to become pickleballers. I saw that,
1: mm -hmm, and I'm mm -hmm. interested.
0: So, yeah, so they were very excited, went out for the first time Sunday morning. Nobody's on the courts. They were so excited, and they had a great time. But my son-in-law, so my granddaughter was there with them, and she's, you know, 14 months. She was running around, kind of getting in the way, and uh, (laughs) at one point, she went across the court and uh, he had to jump over her to not knock over knock her over or fall oh, on her and man. he landed wrong and now our first pickleball match turned into him having a broken foot in eight weeks with no oh, weight bearing and no. possible surgery yeah.
1: So they're rethinking. Memorable, very memorable. Maybe (laughs) maybe kids have to be Uh in a stroller or something. Yeah,
0: we've decided no more toddlers at pickleball, (laughs) and and yeah, so they're gonna. I'm gonna be helping them a lot in the next few weeks. I think your daughter
1: also pregnant she is also applications
0: yes she is also pregnant and she's having some issues that she's on restrictions from like lifting and walking upstairs and things like that and they have stairs in their apartment so yeah i'll be i think i'll be helping them quite a bit uh, okay. in the next <laughs> yeah, <day. laughs> yeah, I, I,
1: can,
0: I can see your future yep but it's nice that we live so close and are able to do that so That's so wonderful. my life's been busy and it's been exciting and i'm really enjoying every minute of it even. <laughs> Speaking of busy lives, let's go into our interview with Amanda Cote to talk about world schooling. Today on our podcast, we're going to be talking about world schooling, and we have a special guest with us today, my friend Amanda Cote, and she is a homeschool mom to three kiddos who spent a year traveling the world and world schooling. So she's here to fill us in on everything about world schooling. Hi, Amanda. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. It's such an honor. We're so happy you're here. I just adore you. You know that. And I'm so happy everybody else gets to meet you, too. Well, the feeling is mutual. Uh, so why don't you start by just telling us a little bit about your homeschooling experience with your family and how you became interested in world schooling?
3: Yeah. So our our homeschooling experience started when our eldest was in sixth grade and um, we, I'd never actually heard of homeschooling. That was kind of a new concept for me, and it was actually suggested by a couple of public school teachers. I was the president of an education foundation in our, in our area and um, had a great relationship with a lot of the teachers, and we were just finding that uh, we weren't thriving in the public school with my oldest. She's mm-hmm. overtly creative, and it just was kind of we just found that we needed another another way to do things and so uh, it was suggested and I started doing research and I had no idea of the world of homeschooling and uh, and I keep telling people that it's like anything. You don't know what you don't know until right. you start digging. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and world schooling is the same way. And we'll get into that. But the more I started looking into it, the more I fell in love with the idea. And so we pulled her March of her sixth grade year. And then subsequently, the other kids decided they wanted to come home and be homeschooled. So mm-hmm. I have a um, now 19-year-old, a 15-year-old, and a freshly 12-year-old. And we are in our either seventh or eighth year of homeschooling. And it was really homeschooling that gave us... The opportunity and really the mindset that anything is possible, and yes, because I love we, that, yeah, we owned our lives again, and we owned our schedule, and we owned the ability to really dig into things that we were interested in. We just mm-hmm. took that one step further. But um, mm-hmm. to backtrack a little bit, my husband and I have been together for 35 years now. We just celebrated our 35th. Dating anniversary.
2: Congratulations. Congratulations.
3: Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. Yeah, we were early teens when we started dating from the same Mm -hmm. hometown and he had relatives that had taken their kids out of public school for a year and they traveled the United States and they called it the radical sabbatical and we just thought that, <laughs> was, the coolest, that was just the coolest thing and they did American history and studied all the places that American history happened oh, and you know kind of did a road trip and decided you know where they were looking for where they wanted to end up they wanted to move out of the Midwest we're all from the Midwest and so they came and visit us um, my job had taken us to California so they came and visit us in California and we we just really fell in love with the opportunity and the lifestyle. And, mm-hmm. and that was before we had kids. And we had always said we would love to be able to do that. That was just one of our goals that we had. We want to be able to do that. And so back up to right after or as COVID was kind of winding down, mm-hmm. um, my husband works in the hospital system and it was really intense, you know, where most people were having lots of family time because they were working from home. We had less family time because he was at the hospital all the time. Right. And so that really kind of burned, burned us out and mm-hmm. we just needed a, a reset. And then we had Labrador retrievers and both of them got cancer and passed away within a year. Oh. But that was really keeping us grounded. And mm-hmm. um, we'd always said, oh, you know, if, if the second one goes for whatever reason, then, you know, maybe we'll look into this. Mm-hmm. Well, and then our oldest decided she wanted to graduate high school early so that she was going to leave us. And so here we are faced with as do it or don't now or never. (laughs) And then that's also when the housing market went crazy, especially in California, because Mm -hmm. everybody in San Francisco found out why am I paying these crazy prices to live here when I'm working remotely anyway, let's move in. Yeah, yeah. we were like an hour from Napa, maybe an hour and a half an hour from Tahoe and beautiful hiking. And so we just said, wow, like the world has really placed this opportunity at our feet. And there are no more excuses. It's really Really now or never, and so we just said, okay, well, well, let's put the house on the market and see what happens. And sure enough, it sold, and so we decided to sell it all. And that's not necessarily normal for world <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but it but some people do that. But we had no family in California, and so we were kind of looking for, well, maybe we want to, you know, completely shake things up and do this world schooling, and then come back and find an, a new life somewhere else, a different community, mm-hmm. closer to family. Mm-hmm. So it was actually a little bit spontaneous. So we didn't do a lot of planning, which (laughs) is is not normal.
1: Really oh, that sounds ahead. very <laughs> exciting and stressful. Uh, yes,
3: could <laughs> it it be for some. Yeah. So, um, so we we sold everything, and we're well, not everything. We kept our favorite things and put things in storage, and then took off on this adventure.
1: Did you immediately leave the United States, or did you patrol around the U.S. for a little bit first? Yeah,
3: great question. So there was my kids had not really ever been to the South. I mean, we've been to Florida and you know tooled around some areas, but they've not really dealt into the South and the history of the South. And my husband went to college in Charleston, South Carolina. And so we were anxious to show them, you know, where he went to school and we still have friends there. So we actually did a friends and family tour because of COVID, we hadn't seen everyone for quite a while. So we did a friends and family tour that took us through the Midwest and through Texas. And then we traveled South and we did a Southern history tour and went through Tennessee, Kentucky, South Carolina, Georgia. We didn't do Florida because we'd been there before. And then we looped around Louisiana and then back in through Texas. So we did that probably three or four months before we jumped out of the country.
1: So did you have any trouble getting passports because of all the COVID slowdown? Was that another reason why traveling in the U.S. was your first step? No, actually,
3: as soon as we put the house on the market, or as soon as we started talking about putting the house on the market, we applied for passports. But at that time, people were not traveling.
0: True, yeah. Yeah.
3: Mm -hmm. So it was actually quite easy to To get our passports. But what we did find was some countries had really heavy restrictions on us. Yeah. Who could come in and who couldn't and what paperwork you had and what kind of testing you did. So we have the joy of experiencing all kinds <laughs> of <it. laughs>
0: I'd like to backtrack a little bit and ask about your kids. Were they in on this decision with you? Did you guys decide and then discuss it with them? How did that work? And how how receptive were all of your kids to taking off like this and changing yeah. their whole life? That's
3: a fabulous question. And I think one that's really important for anybody that's considering doing this. And my opinion is not, you know, everybody's opinion. And of, of course, everyone has to kind of feel how their family vibe is on this. But for us, my husband and I, we felt like it was really important that all of the kids were in agreement and you know we were talking I think we had a 13 year old or freshly 13 or almost maybe almost 13 and then you know an elementary school kiddo and then you know our daughter who was getting ready to graduate she was 15 16 mm-hmm. so um, we really wanted to take their perspectives into account and um, our youngest was the one that had the most hesitation and she really just didn't want to leave her possessions, I think was what she she was worried about. Mm -hmm. The kids had been homeschooled for so long. So we weren't in heavy, you know, routines of seeing friends every single day. I mean, we had co-ops and we were doing classes outside the home, but it wasn't like that was our life. Our life was our family. Mm -hmm. So I think it was easy for them to feel comfortable and to be on board because there wasn't this pull of their identity wrapped up in where we were. Right. So right. not that you can't travel if, you know, you have those identities or whatever. And, and I want to say, and I'm sure we'll touch on this later, but world schooling doesn't have to be all or none it can Mm -hmm. be extended vacations. It can be summers. It can be just vacations. It's how you go about it that Mm -hmm. really makes it world schooling. We have, just like homeschool, when you dig into world school, there's another realm that we didn't even know was there. There are families all over the world that are doing this and have been doing this for decades. So we really had a lot of resources to explore and discover and tap into. And so there's really no one way to do it and definitely no right or wrong way. And you can even change it up. You know, if you get into it and things are not looking like it's comfortable or not thriving, you know, you can change it up. So um, I just would implore everyone to consider all of the options.
1: When you were embarking on your world schooling adventure, do any of uh, any of you and your family speak another language? Did that impact your decision of where you were going to go? So none of us
3: are fluent in another language. I have taken French and Spanish and my husband had taken French, Spanish and German, but we weren't fluent in any of it. And so there are apps. (laughs) And we became really, really savvy with um, Google Translate. And mm-hmm. we even have, you know, videos and pictures of our youngest using Google Translate in Morocco because our host spoke French and Arabic and she didn't speak any of those languages. Mm-hmm. So when you have Internet, you can do anything. And even yeah. in places where you don't have Internet, there are. Are ways around it. Now, some some areas that some some countries, like in probably Japan, or I could think of probably a, a handful of other places, it's a little bit more difficult. But with planning in those places, really, there's there's no place that's out of reach. That's very encouraging. Yeah, yeah, we did not have any trouble. Um, in Scandinavia, we were not even going to attempt <laughs> to try the <traveling>. language. <laughs> I mean, talk about that was just completely foreign. And in Greece, the same thing. Like we couldn't even read the alphabet. So, yeah. um. But in Scandinavia, they all speak English as well. So right. where where you think you're going to have challenges, you know, you'd be surprised that it's really not that way. And most people are, are very friendly. And if they see you struggling, you know, they're they're very willing to lend a hand. Now we we found some situations where maybe that wasn't the case. You know, we definitely had an angry bus driver here and there, but you know, <laughs> we figured it out.
0: <laughs> that happens in every country. <laughs>
2: uh, yes, it does.
0: <laughs> So, did any of you develop an interest in languages while you were traveling? Are you, are you, or your kids learning? Did you learn new languages along the way? Yeah, we we definitely delved
3: into all of the languages. That was something that was really important to us is cultural immersion. So, part mm-hmm. of our why of doing this whole thing primarily is was family bonding, and then also because we wanted our kids to really have a, um, a hefty dose of cultural exploration. Mm-hmm. Um, where they were growing up was not culturally diverse, and so that was something that we wanted to. Rectify and then to expose them to, you know, the world is at your fingertips. It is yours for the taking um, Mm -hmm. as long as you do it in a sustainable and respectful way. And so, as far as languages go, we, everywhere we went, we required them and not in a mean way, but that was just part of, is part of a respect, you know, Mm -hmm. for us Mm -hmm. to be in another culture is to take on their practices and take on their, try out their traditions and definitely engage them in their language first and mm-hmm. so you know there were places you know when we got to Paris we were a little apprehensive about using our French and it was really rusty and so what we did what we found worked the best was we sent our youngest first if we were going through a line and had to order something we sent her first and armed her with a few words and <laughs> softened everybody up <laughs> oh
0: that's so, so cute so smart
3: <laughs> and she was very willing to try it you know she had no qualms about it. So, you know, places that we we found some kind of hesitation or some kind of ruffled feathers, we just sent the youngest first and it, it turned out
0: fine. Speaking of being respectful of the cultures and learning about them, I know that you guys have done some volunteering. Was that something you looked for in all of the areas that you visited? Absolutely. That was one of our primary um, drives was, you
3: know, this could feel like an entitled situation. You you don't have to do it that way. You don't have to have Mm -hmm. that mindset. But we definitely didn't want them to feel spoon fed in any way. And we wanted them, you know, to give back. Mm-hmm. Not just them, but us. Everywhere we went, we wanted to leave it in better shape than we found it, if possible. And so, a lot of the places that we chose, we did so either because we knew of a service opportunity, or we would. Re- it was an area that we really wanted to go to that we really had to hunt for a service opportunity. Mm-hmm. And even um, struggling to find some of o- some of those opportunities in Europe was an education because yes. Scandinavia. Before we went, we had we have some friends that live in Norway and Sweden. And we approached them and said, hey, you know, this is our mission. This is what we're doing. And here's our why. And they didn't understand what that meant. Like, they don't do Mm -hmm. volunteer service. It's built into their national system. So everyone paid for every job. Mm -hmm. So we struggled a little bit in Europe to find service opportunities, which sounds really crazy from the United States. But yeah, (laughs) a lot of places, you know, you have to have particular training or whatever. So in those situations, we would try to go into a school like, Um, In Sweden, we were able to go to a gymnasium, which is um, their high school. And so we met with kids from the range of uh, 16 years old to 1920 years old. And they were in the middle of doing an elections process in their in their city and country. And so they had a lot of questions for us. Roe v. Wade had just been overturned. You know, the gun laws were a serious issue. Mm-hmm. And they had they just drilled us with questions. And so that was really a phenomenal experience for yes. all of them and for us. You know, the things yeah. that asking us and they were so, um, it was just really a fascinating experience. So you never know where your service opportunities are going to come from. And we always found that we gained more from the experience than we actually gave. We yeah. just kept Trying to give and that was that was really,
0: really important. I really appreciate that you guys do that so much. I found traveling that when we volunteer, my kids myself too, but my kids definitely get the most out of those experiences. They learn more about the culture and the people yes. through those opportunities than anything else we've done. So it's really That's right. It's really That's great. Right. And-
3: When you're standing shoulder to shoulder with somebody and, you know, scooping poop or whatever it is you're, Mm -hmm. you know, we did a lot Mm -hmm. of animal service, you know, there, there's just something about breaking a sweat together or, Mm -hmm. you know, working on something where your heart is open. And it just, it kind of just brings everybody down to such an open space to talk and share. And it's just a a wonderful experience.
0: So what about school? I I don't know (laughs) what kind of homeschoolers were you to begin with. With and you know, for me, I'm an unschooler, so that would, you know, traveling when we travel and volunteering and stuff is it's what we consider that is our school. So what about you guys? Were you doing yeah. book work or anything else along the way?
3: So we did a, a great mix of everything. Previously, we were, you know, we we hit the core subjects. We weren't unschooling at that time, although we put a heavy emphasis on entrepreneurship, but not necessarily unschooling. So we had, you know, some book work, we had some live classes classes. classes, in-person classes as homeschoolers. And when we decided to go on this tour, because we were going to be traveling for a short period of time, we did about 18 months, we had to kind of look at what's possible for us in this short amount of time and what do we want to see and what do we want to do and how how do we want to be kind of, um, what do we want to dictate our time? And so we did a couple of online classes for my son and my daughter, even though it was technically her gap year because she graduated. She had not taken chemistry in high school, and the major that she wanted to go into required chemistry. So she okay. did chemistry kind of on her own. Um, but we also kind of did a little bit of um, unschooling as well, or place-based schooling, maybe is a better way to put that. So for our world history and earth science, we did all of our world history and earth science based on where we were. Yeah. And so we would hike the volcanoes, we would go into the caverns, we, you know, mm-hmm. we met with archaeologists. Us. we went to all of the places that we could that offered that rich in the place, here's where it happened kind of mm-hmm. sensation. And so right. what... What we did was we back-ended. I just kept a log of everything we did, every museum we went to, every tour guide we had, every historian, archaeologist, artist, whoever. And then I created a course on the back-end to transcript for the kids that needed a transcript. Nice. Yeah, and you Perfect. can find, like, in the world schooling community, there are, there's everything. Anything that you want. Is there, there are unschoolers, there are people taking live classes, there are people attending European, you know, um, what we would equate to like community college. There are hubs that you can go to that offer classes. There are international schools that you can tap into. And we did that in Costa Rica with my youngest. She wanted to go to school and learn Spanish. So we put her in school for a week or two. And then, you know, I mean, pretty much anything, there are traveling families that travel together that hire a teacher. So you can really
1: create anything. The leaves are falling and a chill is in the air. It's November and that means Thanksgiving is coming. And Transcript Maker is here to make you thankful that you don't have to hand make a high school transcript this year.
2: You're too busy during the holiday season to do that anyway. The time it takes to calculate grade point averages by hand is ridiculous. With Transcript Maker, you just plug your courses and grades into the template and the GPA appears like magic. If only shopping for Thanksgiving dinner was so easy.
0: Many families are traveling more than usual right around now, and it's easy to misplace important documents. But with Transcript Maker, all your transcripts are held in the cloud, safe and sound, whenever and wherever
1: you need them. Have you ever had to call the Butterball Hotline during Thanksgiving? Well, Transcript Maker has a helpline too. They're always there to answer any question you have as quick as they can.
2: And this month, Transcript Maker will be running their annual Black Friday sale from November 24th to 27th. You can use the code BLACKFRIDAY23, all one word, at checkout to save 30% off the cost of your subscription. Now listen closely because that's a one-time code. If you want to make the most of it, go for the annual plan rather than monthly.
0: You'll be thankful when you see just how easy it is to make your student a high school transcript. Go to www.transcriptmaker.com today.
1: Transcript Maker. Simply better transcripts. Now, you said you sold your house in California, and hopefully you made a wonderful profit. Did you use that money for traveling, or did you and your husband work virtually while you traveled?
3: Yeah, that's a great question. And for us, we used some of that money that we made after we paid a ton of money in taxes. <laughs> <laughs> it's still, it still hurts. We used that money for that we don't, at the time, did not have jobs that would really support us that were nomadable. So that's our situation. But that is also not the normal situation. So um, we've, you know, when you when you go out and you start making contact with people that world school either has a short period of time or a sabbatical, or they do it digitally nomading, you can find a plethora of opportunity for people that can nomad this is an amazing opportunity for you to world school and mm-hmm. and that doesn't necessarily mean you're always gone it just means you can take extended periods and still work from wherever you are right and there were a lot of people that were doing that and even if they're you know 9 hours time difference they they found a way to make it work so there really is um there really is opportunity for everyone you know, that can nomad to be able to do that. And if you can't, of course, there are all of these resources for side hustles or, you know, whatever if high affiliate marketing, high ticket affiliate marketing. I mean, I see that a lot. So there's just, there are a lot of opportunities and there are a lot of world schoolers that come together and discuss opportunities so that people can travel. And then of course, there are, you know, savvy families that, Blog as they go, and we blog mainly to just keep in touch with our family mm-hmm. and our friends. Our mission wasn't to build a business out of it; it was to family bond because we hadn't really connected as the, as the way we wanted to because of my husband being gone for a couple of years with Covid yeah. so for us, our priority was family time, and so that meant not being always not having a presence on social media. <laughs> <laughs> for me. Mm-hmm. Right. So that but makes actually, a lot of sense. Yeah, I see a lot of families that do build a business on travel. And you can, you know, there's, there are ways that you can make
1: money doing that too. There's um the woman who owns TalkBox Mom. Um, she writes about world schooling of course she has a business that sells language materials all different language materials but one of the things she she posted a blog one time and it just intrigued me and she said you know the way you can afford to travel is if you can rent out your house while you're gone somebody's making your house payment you're making a little extra money and i thought that's brilliant yeah Uh, I have a somewhat nomadable business. I'm a virtual assistant. About five years ago, my husband and my son and I spent a month in the Denver area staying with our middle daughter. And I was able to work from there because as long as I have internet, I can work. So it was great. I'd work in the morning and we'd go off to Breckenridge and go sledding in the afternoon or we'd go off to ride horses or do something else. And I've done that mostly on vacations as well. So some nomadable jobs are, you know, people think they're more exotic, but they can be pretty mundane as long as. You can do it with internet. That's right. A whole new
3: world is open, you know, and you mentioned, you know, the renting out your place, but there's also homeschool swap. So people within the homeschooling and world schooling community swap houses and you don't necessarily have to give yours up for a swap, but people are offering theirs up. And then there's pet sitting, there's
0: international pet sitting. I love all of that. I wish I had known about all of that stuff a long time ago.
2: Yeah, Mm you'd have been right there doing it. Were you a traveling family before, or did you learn some things that helped you once you went out of the country? I'm just thinking through the logistics of traveling with kids and like how to downsize your luggage and all those kind of things. I'm sure there are resources in the World School and Community, but... What yes. kinds of things did you discover?
3: Well, we, we were a traveling family before because um, we lived on the West Coast and none of our family did. So ever since we had kids, we've been traveling because it's been important to us for them to know their aunts, uncles and grandparents. So we have always kind of been on the go, but not necessarily four months straight. So that's a totally <laughs> different kind of travel. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, we did, we were, we're pretty minimalist. None of us are fussy. Um, we don't need a lot of things. And man, when we went to Europe, each one of us took one medium sized suitcase, um, uh, not the kind that you can put in the overhead, because that would just be ridiculous. Plus, we were <laughs> <there>. <laughs> But it was like, you know, you, you're carrying what you're packing. Each kid, even, okay. is carrying what they're packing. And then we have a lot of pictures of our now 12-year-old riding her suitcase, like, through Paris or whatever. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: but, yeah, we, we, we figured it out. And I think, you know, what you're, what you're on to with, like, trying it out, like, when you went to Denver for a month, Or if you can take those smaller trips, just be aware and just kind of think about, okay, well, how would I do this if I needed to go longer? And, Mm -hmm. you know, what's really essential and what's not? And what can Mm -hmm. I buy there? I mean, they have toiletries Mm -hmm. in Europe, so you don't need to stress about packing a ton of things. You know, people live there. You can find things there. (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) we just thought if we need it we'll get it when we're there
1: so that makes a lot of sense i loaded uh, a lot of textbooks onto my kindle when we were traveling yeah yeah because we're a charlotte mason family so we read a lot of books which is really great for traveling because you have time you know where you're just on route to somewhere so we could read the book There's
3: a lot of time spent in trains or airports or buses, or (laughs) we love train travel just for that reason because you didn't really have to pay attention. You
0: could. Yeah, that's nice.
3: Yeah. So we did schooling on the train. But I think for people who maybe aren't accustomed to traveling, or if you have, you know, really young kids and you're not sure how well they're going to travel, I would just suggest. Just start small, you know, take take a mm-hmm. small weekend trip and just, you know, start kind of working it into your lifestyle to see how it would go. What's gonna stress you out, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Press them out and having open communication, and open dialogue and just being aware that everybody's gonna have needs and just being flexible with it
1: is important. Did you have to get any kind of vaccinations prior to leaving? Uh, for countries you were going to be entering, I know you said it was COVID time, so there were you know requirements about who could enter and things like that. What what all did you go through
3: for us? Because we didn't go to Southeast Asia, we didn't really need to worry about you know other illnesses that maybe aren't as prevalent in Western culture. But had we traveled to Southeast Asia, that would have been something else we would have added on beforehand. But we we went to Europe, we went to Africa, and we went to um, South America. So. When we traveled to Europe, France was really the only country that was still really, really vigilant about their COVID requirements. And they wouldn't even allow like our youngest into a museum when we first started. So we, you know, we just kind of, tried other areas first. And then as we were traveling, things were starting to open up. So we kind mm-hmm. of got got lucky on that. But there was also this amazing world schooling community that had a lot of information. You know, people were in, you know, I would find somebody that was in the country or in the city where we wanted to go, reach out to them. And that's what that whole community is doing too. Like they're using me yeah. to there's resources, they're sharing resources, you know. I mean it's just like this you know how wonderful and inviting the homeschooling community is. The world schooling community is the same way. So it's just like having all of these travel agents at your fingertips. That's awesome.
2: Oh,
1: that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. It really was. So you didn't have to Uh, get malaria vaccinations to go to africa or anything like that no 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 oh no we only went to morocco so oh okay uh, maybe the different countries
3: within africa would have required different uh,
1: yeah i had a friend who went to madagascar and he got malaria (laughs) oh (laughs) Oh, (laughs) yeah he's a doctor he went there uh when they were having some flooding to help out a ministry and um he got malaria Yeah. Yeah. So that's something to just be aware of. And again, that, that world
3: schooling community, is so easy. There are so many Facebook groups that you could just pop your question in or do a search in the chat, you know, and, or not in the chat, but up in the search bar and just see if somebody else has already recently asked that question. And usually you'll find the answer and a resource. Cause I always would say, back it up mm-hmm. here. The common answer right. also like, where's the health ministry
0: <laughs> you now? Yeah. Right. You know, and we have that's to do great advice
3: yeah, with airports too. And as we were traveling, you know, because things changed a lot as we were traveling. So we would always have to stay up on, okay, what are they requiring now? And you know, what, what do we need to know?
0: So after looking back on everything, what are some of the difficulties that you think people should be aware of about world schooling and traveling like that?
3: Yeah, I think being prepared for the unknown is, and that's probably the hardest and it probably sounds the most vague, but like when we were in Europe, actually when we were in Scandinavia was when there was a, a gas line that had been supposedly bombed. They were still trying to figure it out. But underwater, somewhere off the coast of Norway, and this was all going on because of Russia's involvement in Ukraine. And so... Mm -hmm. The energy prices skyrocketed while we were there. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh... And so, um, that raised our Airbnb prices. And mm-hmm. so there was a lot of negotiation that went on with the Airbnb hosts outside of Airbnb. So that was something to keep in mind. Um, some areas are more, more prone to mold, (laughs) you know, like in London, it's kind of dank or like it's kind of damp and dark. And so Mm -hmm. some of the places that you like our first Airbnb when we got there had black mold in it. So
2: oh uh.
3: yeah, that was unfortunate. And then (laughs) trying to find a a second place was a little bit of a challenge. So just kind of being prepared and not just logistically, but like your nervous system needs to Mm -hmm. be... Handle it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And that's something Susan and I have really talked about. Like, it was such a hard thing to get our house sold and get moved, and, you know, the logistics of what we were going through in our situation. I'm not saying it's going to be like this for everybody, but because of the dynamics of his job and where he was with his job, I basically packed two houses and moved us by myself. So that coupled with, you know, his stress of leaving and, you know, his worry of not being able to find a job afterward, Mm -hmm. you know, like, aren't nervous systems probably were not stretched enough. And we could have done some inner work or and some work together to kind of be able to create a space where we could hold more of the unknown and what's possible. Mm-hmm. So that works both ways. It's, you know, like you, if you're calling in this really big life, you kind of need to prepare your body and yourself to be able to take it on at the same mm-hmm. time. But we didn't think about that at the time. And nobody was really talking to us about that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) For your kids, too. You want to prepare them somehow for the unpredictability of it all.
3: That's right. And then I would say, you know, maybe a little bit of just coming to yourself and just saying, okay, this is going to be tough, even though it's wonderful. It's tough. Mm -hmm. It's like that, you know, every action has an equal and opposite reaction. And so Mm -hmm. just because it's wonderful doesn't mean it's always going to be wonderful. You know, it's going to have its headaches too. It's life, you know, like it's, you know, it's not all static excitement. So You have to kind of have a talk with yourself about, okay, my kids, their feelings are their feelings. And even though Mm -hmm. they may not be experiencing it on the level I want them to, those are their true feelings. You know, like one of our kids really struggled with some of it because we were moving at a fast pace, which was probably too fast for what he really wanted to manage. And so he had a lot of, you know, nervous system regulation that we had to work through. And we are actually still working through it because um, he was starting high school. Starting, you know, some of our classes, we, we did classes with him, which I now reflecting back on it, wish we wouldn't have done some of those classes. So but you don't know until you go. Yeah. So I think really just knowing that everybody's going to have their own experience in addition to your unit experience and being able to be like, OK, this isn't working for this kid. And let's hear why. And let's mm-hmm. you know, work with them to try to change it up a little bit. And being flexible as a family unit is really important. Yeah,
1: I you, think we've all had the experience of, you know, we're planning something wonderful. And we, we get our kids there. And, and the whole time, you know, they're just real unhappy. And then you're like, oh, man, this isn't working. And then later on, you ask them, and they're like, oh, I had a great time. We had yes. yes. the experience. Right. Yeah,
3: that's right. That's what he well, says now, you know, I mean, there were still struggles. And that is not deniable. Like there were struggles, but now he looks back and he's like, okay, maybe I didn't quite take it to the advantage.
0: <laughs>
3: but we can, we can all say that. We can all say that. So,
0: so overall, do you, do your kids feel like it was a good experience?
3: Yes. Overall, it's a resounding yes from all of them. And, and really, no matter what struggles we have going forward, you know, like just trying to find our place or whatever, whatever the struggle is, you cannot get time back you just yeah. you can't you can't get time back and if you have this passion and desire to do it you really need to investigate it to the fullest and and try to make it happen because that time that you have it's an investment it's an investment in your relationship with yourself and your relationship with your family members mm-hmm. and you know we w- we will never regret doing it now we can look back and it was just magical and even our daughter who's in college now she texted us one day and she said oh just thinking about the sabbatical makes me so homesick for travel i just want to vomit and cry oh. <laughs>
0: You know what? My daughter in college has also complained quite a bit about not traveling while in college.
3: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, but you know, there there were times that we were like, oh my gosh, you know, we just want to settle down and you know stay in a spot for a while. And so we would, we would, you know, we would stay somewhere for two or two weeks, three weeks. Now, for us, Mm -hmm. that was a long period of time. For some world schoolers, they stay in a place for six months at a time or longer. So it just depends, Mm -hmm. you know, like again, I would just say whatever story you have is your story. And Mm -hmm. it's based on your experiences, but there's more, you know, you can stretch your story. You can, you know, if you can just be open to the possibilities. Everything is possible.
0: So you do still have you, two more kiddos that are homeschooling. Would you guys consider doing more world schooling?
3: I absolutely would. The reason that we are not right now is because they wanted to do sports and they wanted to have friends right out the door. So we're exploring mm-hmm. that for now. And that's our adventure at this time, but we are definitely open to you know another journey, and I've read many world schoolers do that, where they come back for a couple of years, and they're like, "Oh man, we just want to do it again." And so they, do <laughs> it, you know, or right. they come back and they rearrange their life in a way, you reinvent yourself so that you're able to do it in the way, you know, the new, you know, the two. Right. Point of- <laughs> So, you know, we're, we're, we're very nimble, I would say to, we're open to the possibility. Um, We want to be able to be close to my husband and my parents, because we both still have our parents and we feel very fortunate with that. So we want to make sure, you know, we're spending time with them. But at the same time to us, you know, a lot of people wait until they're retired to travel, which is awesome Mm -hmm. too. For us, we really enjoy experiencing things with our kids and through the eyes of our kids. And it also keeps us young, too, in that in that mm-hmm. regard. So um, we have plenty of time to travel, just the two of us, but, but we really love traveling as a family. And even if we don't, you know, world school, like as a sabbatical, it has forever changed how we travel. So um, we'll always kind of be world schoolers in that regard.
1: Amanda, I was wondering, how did you manage things like oh, health insurance or covering any kind of, you know, medical emergencies or things? Did you purchase special insurance when you left on your world schooling adventure or what did you do
3: question really good question and that's one that's a common question in a lot of the world schooling facebook groups and um, it is also something that's kind of individual per family for us we we changed our residency to texas Um, the homeschooling laws in texas are, are very easy and we have family in texas and we knew we would be coming back to visit family so we just went ahead and made texas our home base So we did have to get new insurance because our insurance was through my husband's employer, which he no longer had. So we did, we actually found um, an insurance broker who is somebody that works a lot with with world schoolers. So he was very knowledgeable about what would work where and what, you know, you know, helped us kind of come up with a plan that worked for us because we did, my husband is on infusions actually. So he had to get infusions every eight weeks. Oh, Wow. Yeah, and it's not an easy medication to get a hold of. In some countries, it's approved in. In some countries, it's not. So, and then, wow. you know, it was like, so that was a, we actually are quite versed in this now. <laughs> but that was a whole level of education for us too, you know, learning the different insurance systems and healthcare systems, you know, and he works for healthcare. So, that was definitely an education to go abroad and see, you know, what it's like, uh, you know, in Europe. So, he he had infusions in Ireland and then. um Greece, and we did do a special insurance. I know some people, you know, that don't plan on coming back to the United States use another type of insurance, but there is there is a lot of uh, insurance options available based on the type of traveling and where you're going to be traveling, and then also travel insurance,
1: you know, on top of that. Mm-hmm. I was going right. to ask about that yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah, did you have that
3: too? We did that for some of our more expensive, you know, like we went to the Galapagos for three weeks, you know, so some of our more bigger ticket items and, And that was definitely a big ticket item. That's an expensive place to go. We definitely did extra insurance in those areas because you just never know. And sure enough, I did fly off my handlebars. I flew over the handlebars of my bicycle. Like one of the first days we were in, you know, the Galapagos. So luckily it didn't break anything, but I stood up and I'm like, oh my gosh, I almost ruined my whole trip because we had a lot of dive excursions and, or not, or not dive Snorkeling, I'm like, I have yeah. broken a bone. That would have ruined everything. <laughs> <don't> no, <know>. <laughs> you
0: know,
3: but but there, but that happens. It happens commonly. Yeah. You know, we're living life mm-hmm. and we're doing all these, you know, adventurous things. And and I actually have a friend who runs a world schooling pop up. And so there are different. Like It's like one week long, and it's in different locations all across the world, and anybody can host one wherever you're traveling, and families that are world schooling can come to this location. But anyways, um, her son required surgery, actually, and they were traveling between countries as he needed follow-up care and additional surgery, Mm -hmm. so... She has a whole blog post on that too. So it's definitely doable and it's possible and it's not more expensive than what you're paying as an American citizen. I can tell you that.
1: That's good news. Do you have any jet lag tips for our listeners? (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) just feel into it oh my gosh
3: we jumped into um, when we went to Sweden when we flew to Europe we flew into Copenhagen and then we had friends in Sweden and we stayed with them for the first week and they were getting up and going to work and we wanted to get up and try to have coffee with them and I just remember it was like having an out of body experience for a whole week (laughs) it was just (laughs) I did not know who I was (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh It was crazy. And we were trying to figure out, you know, using eSIMs or using local SIMs, you know, on your cell phone and cell phone plans Mm -hmm. and all of that. So it was just, you know, but you figure it out. And again, that world schooling (laughs) community is there and they're just, it's just a wonderful resource of information.
0: so. So speaking of resources, if you're just starting out thinking about world schooling, do you have any recommendations for a good starting point for people?
3: Yeah, well, first of all, I am definitely happy to talk to anybody. I think I've sent our Instagram page over as a link if you want to include that it's um, Mm -hmm. Total Chaos Codes because we were, you know, like I said, we didn't really plan. So it was like, <laughs> no. I love so, that. I love That's that. such a <laughs> yeah. cute
2: handle.
3: Well, you know, and it yeah. just feels like total chaos anyway. I mean, like if we're going to get real, it's just like life is chaos. But I'm happy, you know, to field questions. And there are people that make businesses out of, you know, helping people launch World Schooling. And I put a couple of resources in there as well. There's Trailblazing Families offers like a workshop and classes that you can take that Liz Quinn does that. She does a great job at that. That's kind of a new thing for her, but has helped you know hundreds of families already. And then I put in the World Schooling Pop-Up Hub is one that I highly recommend. And it would be a really great place to start if you're not sure if you want to world school or if you don't yeah. think that you want to world school full-time or even part-time. If you just want to meet up with other world schoolers. Those events are about a week long. Sometimes they could be 10 days long. You could fly in ahead of time, stay a little bit later if you want to. And it's world schoolers coming from all over.
0: And I've noticed there there are definitely some happening in the United States all the time too. So even if you're traveling within the country as homeschoolers, you could Join check one it of out. those. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: check it out. See what you think. We met up with them in London and there were 70 kids that participated wow. from all over That's the so world. That's so cool. Yeah. And then as you meet people at those, you can kind of coordinate to meet up again with those same people in different places. So you, it's really a, a tight knit community, that world schooling community of people that connect with each other all over. And then there are summits, you know, that, that are held that you can go to. I mean, there's just, it's really like, I'm not kidding. It's really like, homeschooling where there's just an ample amount of resources for you. But you can just uh, go on to Facebook if you're on Facebook or Google search, you know, world schooling and things will just start to pop up and whatever is resonating with you just start clicking and, and asking questions like there's world schoolers in Bali. There's there are world schoolers in Southeast Asia. There are hubs all over. There's if you're interested in like trying a school for three months, there's something called boundless life. And they do education where they have teachers on staff so your kids go and educate themselves with other world schoolers, and it's kind of more of like a Montessori type of situation. And then the families, they have nomading facilities, they have apartments, they have condos, you know, that are furnished, and then co-working spaces that parents can work together. And then they travel together too, like for field trips and excursions. That's awesome. There's just, and there are all kinds of educational hubs, you know, all over, and then international schools. So it's really what however you want to do it you can kind of find and if you, don't, if you don't know then you know just start
0: just start looking and go down the rabbit hole. I'm sold I think I need to have more kids so I can start
1: over. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, maybe you can take grandkids. <laughs> <laughs>
0: said, okay, I'll work yeah, on I'm that. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Well, this has been so great. Before we go, um, we usually like to ask our guests at the end of the show if you have any surprising hobbies or interests that maybe people wouldn't know about that you'd like to tell us about.
3: Oh, my gosh. Surprising hobbies or (laughs) interests. Oh, well, I feel like I'm like, I feel like I've got my head in the sand with homeschooling and world schooling. Like I, I haven't really Mm -hmm. explored my hobbies in a long time other than, you know, I'm a life coach and I'm working with family bonding. And I'd say probably the thing that I get lost in the most is just finding ways for our families to connect and and how to connect with teens is is a passion of mine. And I really love um, nature journaling. And the whole like keeping a nature journal, and we did that when we were in the Galapagos too, and we would sketch yeah. out, you know, the different animals and the species that we saw, because, you know, some of them you can only see there. And that was, that was the beauty of being there. Yes. So, yeah. and then the service piece, you know, service is just, is huge with our family. So I'd say that's probably a big part of our lives.
0: Well, thank you so much for sharing all of this with us. Uh, we really appreciate it. And we've learned a lot today.
1: Oh, Yeah. yeah. My husband's going to come home and I'm going to be like, hey, babe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, we have passports, but our youngest, our son doesn't. And um, I'm like, I got to get that kid a passport so I can get out of this country.
0: something <laughs> yeah. For sure. Options are good. Options are good. <laughs> Here at the end of our podcast, we like to answer a big question. Holly, what's our big question for today?
1: Our big question today is from M, who asks, my son is young and i'm worried i'm not smart enough to teach him when he's older math and sciences were always hard for me when i was in school but i don't want to give up everything we love about homeschooling. has any one else felt this way what should i do well ladies what should M do
0: well, first, I think this is a really common thing that people feel when they start homeschooling. I think a lot of people worry they're not smart enough because I think it's a misconception that you need to know everything to teach your kids. But I think you can let all that go because nobody knows everything and it's okay. It's right. okay that you don't know everything. The teachers at school also don't know everything and, and you're going to be just fine. I know for myself, I mean, I have a lot of kids and we've homeschooled for a lot of years and I certainly do not know all the things they've learned. And I've learned along with them instead. And so to me, it's just a great opportunity because you can learn with your child as they're getting into harder subjects. You can be learning alongside with them. Or if you're not able to spend the time doing that, you can also find co-ops and other people to help your kids learn those subjects that you don't feel like you're prepared to teach.
1: That's definitely true. I was struggling in math when I was in high school, mainly because we moved a lot. And when I started teaching my kids, of course, you have the you have the teacher's manual with solutions and answers. So that's a great comfort. But I found that you know, as an adult, I was able to remediate my own education Mm -hmm. while I was teaching my children. So it's really a wonderful opportunity to improve your own skills. And you might find that things you thought were hard when you were younger and your brain was still developing and hormones were surging are so much easier now. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Or that you're more uh, interested in it now. Yeah. Well, yeah. But what I was going to say is a parent, who loves their child and is dedicated to homeschooling is the best teacher their child can have, whether they know a lot about those subjects or not, because Mm -hmm. they can access the resources to help their child learn. Right.
2: Right. Well, they're motivated, and even if there is a subject that you just have your own phobia about, there are a lot of classes. Like you said, I know I have a really good friend who can do math and is completely prepared to has the math they need for adult life, but doesn't feel comfortable teaching it. So they found curriculum that's online or it's a program, so Mm -hmm. they don't have to. So like, there's something like that for everything. Mm -hmm. You can find somebody that'll help you out and. The main thing is you can learn with your children, like y'all said already.
1: Yeah. So if you want to homeschool, you can homeschool. Go for it. Before we go, we want to leave you with a few reminders. If you've already registered for the next SAT test, the date for that test is December 2nd. The late registration for the December 2nd SAT is November 21st.
2: If you want to support us here and help us grow, it'd be great if you'd help new people find our show by leaving us a five-star review and sharing it on social media.
1: Remember that you can get 30% off the cost of your Transcript Maker subscription with the Black Friday code, Black Friday 23. Remember that code is valid from the 24th to the 27th.
2: If you have any questions or comments, you can email us at happyhomeschoolpod at gmail.com and you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Happy Pod.
1: If you want to learn more about anything we discussed today, check the show notes in the episode description or go to our brand new website, www.happyhomeschoolerpodcast.com. Next episode,
2: we'll be discussing how we homeschool during the holiday season. And coming up in December, we'll be interviewing homeschooling author Amber O'Neill Johnston.
0: Thank you for joining us today. I'm Jennifer.
2: I'm Holly. And I'm Melody. Happy, Happy
0: homeschooling. Hi, this is your host, Jennifer Jones. Thank you for listening to the Happy Homeschooler Podcast, a transcript maker production. My co hosts are Holly Williams Urbach and Melody Gillum. This podcast was produced by Matthew Bass and edited by Nora Williams. Our graphic design is by Pete Soloway, and our music is by the Great Pangolin. You can find more of her work on YouTube and Twitter at Kylie Wins. That's K-A-I-L-E-Y Wins. If you'd like to help our podcast grow, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Or, as always, tell people about us.
2: From November 24th to 27th, you can use the code (laughs) (laughs) BlackBerry23. I did not even (laughs) laugh.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, but you did you did kind of pause a minute, and then I looked and I was like, "Well, oh, yeah. was like <laughs>